shouted. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I mentioned this morning, and I know we have uh, <clears throat> that sense of um, I uh, <clears throat> have felt many times like I have a foot in two worlds. I don't know if you've ever felt that way. <clears throat> I, I know um, <clears throat> it's, um, uh, you know, you say, well, how do you feel when you are <clears throat> feeling like uh, you are in two different places at one time? And there, Paul talked about, I long to be here and I long to be there. And I, in the spirit, and I mentioned this morning about our body, soul, and spirit, and our soul basically is that sense of our mind, our thoughts, our imaginations, our memory, our reasoning, and we were, uh, my mother said this afternoon, and it's so true, that uh, the part of the soul that I can change is my mind. And Paul and the writers would say, gird up your mind, the loins of your mind, grab hold of your thoughts, and don't allow your mind to run away with you, and don't, and keep your mind centered on the Lord, and all of those things that we would say. The heart is um, the only way we can, uh, we really can't change our heart, uh, we have to, unless the Word of God changes it. The Bible says the Word is sharp sharper than any two-edged sword, gets right down into my emotions and gets down into the heart of the matter and can let me know when I'm getting off track. Of course, my will is that doorway, if you will, or that channel by if I am willing to let the spirit man flow through my mind and my heart, uh, then if I'm willing, if, if I'm not willing, the Bible is very clear that the Lord is not going to force me. The Lord is not going to make me. I come, if I choose to raise my hands, if I choose to worship, if I choose to clap my hands, if I don't, and that's why we can have a, a powerful church service and someone sitting next to someone else doesn't feel a thing. Well, I didn't feel anything. And I've had people say, well, I've been to church and I've never felt anything. Well, because you have a strong will, a willpower. Now, I realize the Lord can knock you down like he did Saul or Paul on the way to Damascus. And he can uh, shine a light and penetrate that for a moment. But then if you put that wall back up, you know, boom, I felt it. I got hit. But, oh, I don't want that. I don't, I don't want that. I don't like that, and I've seen folks grab the pew and grab the seat, and I'm not, I'm not going there. And I, and and I, you know, I, I had one time uh, someone tell me, and I was pastoring. They said, "I'm sorry, I can't come to your church." And I said, "Well, what's the problem?" Well, I'm allergic to it. I, my eyes water every time I, I come there. I was like, "Okay, sorry about that." I'm, you know, my eyes water. Well, what it was it that there was something. In the spirit world trying to push its way through and I don't like that uncomfortable feeling. I don't want my eyes to water. I don't want to be out of control, out of my control. And I don't want myself and as long as I don't want it, guess what? The Holy Ghost is just that. It is not going to force its way. I don't want that. But unfortunately when you do that, you end up 
not opening yourself up to the cleansing power and the for peace and the this touch and the spirit of Almighty God that wants to work through you. And that's why when Jesus talked to him and we, we talked this morning about what happened in Genesis and uh, Eve and, you know, that sense of, and I don't know where she was in that garden, and I don't know if the enemy was able to convince her, look, you can touch the fruit, nothing will happen, and you get to make the choice, and I, you get to decide, and nobody has to tell you what to do, and, you know, you're, you're, uh, no, you're there, and you don't have to listen to God, and you don't have to believe his word, and you don't have to, and yet she traded her relationship with the Lord because of the trickery, the deceit of the enemy. And, and we know that happens, and that's why whenever Paul wrote, he said when we open ourselves up, when we trust the Lord and we believe the Lord, it ushers us into heavenly places. We sit with him in heavenly places, a great service, a great worship service. A lot of times it's their singing or maybe there's a spirit of prayer and it's moving, and I'm willing to open myself up to that flow. It's almost for a moment that I forget about all my problems. I forget about what I've been through. I forget about all the stressors, all the people that have done me wrong or all the bills that I have. It's just like for a moment I am enraptured with that presence of Almighty God. And I, I realize that, that over the years there have been statements that, well, that's, you know, you just use religion. It's not, I don't use religion. It's, I use a touch from the other side. All of a sudden I feel the breeze of the Holy Ghost and I feel the heavenly breezes through my mind and my heart. It's not, I'm not using, well, this is my crutch. It's not that. It's like all of a sudden I can escape into another presence and for a few moments just raise my hands and get lost in the spirit and oh, will my problems be there? Sure. Will my pain come back? Yes. But for a moment I don't feel any of it. Well, that's what Paul was talking about, that ability. And he went on in Galatians to talk about the works of the flesh, the works of this and that you know, a lot of people want to deny that. They want, I, you know, I, I can't believe that somebody, you know, and you can read them. Read Galatians, the fifth chapter. I put the whole chapter in there, but most of you have read through it. You know, the works of the flesh are these. Anger, murder. Oh, I could never. Oh, no, not me. Oh, my, in my flesh. I, no, Cain, no. I just, he must have had bad parents and, let me just tell you something. You leave your flesh alone. Yes. You know, you know. I can't believe anybody would think I am. I am. Would I would ever? I would. Oh, I. I. Let me tell you. Your eye is as dirty. It's as rotten. It's as filthy rags. So is mine. The moment you start thinking. I would never, is the moment you have stopped the flow of the Holy Ghost, that's why you have to say amazing grace. If not for the presence of God, I'd be just as bad as the rest of them. You know, the honk of I love Jesus, been a lot of times I've, I wanted to say, well, I, you know, thank the Lord, I'm not driving a tank right now because I'd crawl right up over your car. 
Oh, I know, none of you have ever felt those feelings, and none of you have ever felt rage, and none of you have ever felt frustration, and, you know, none of you have walked all the way to the door of Walmart and realized I left my mask back there, and that's the day they don't have one, and I turn around and say, oh, I just, this is so, ah. No, you haven't felt that because you, you know, but let me just tell you something. You are like everybody else, a pressure cooker waiting to explode. And that's why Paul went through the works of the flesh. You read it in Galatians, the fifth chapter. And then he goes forth, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. And that's what you're talking about. Once the Lord has opened that door and you felt the presence, this was written to a church, and you felt the spirit of the Lord and the presence of the Lord, don't, you, don't shut that door. That's the thing that's going to save you. That's the thing that's going to help you. That's the thing that's going to take care of you in this hour. And he goes through the works of the flesh, and then he said the fruit of the spirit, and what did he say the fruit of the spirit was? I, I put them up there. Love. All of those are what? Emotions that are in the soul. So the spirit wants to impact my soul. Wants to give me a sense of joy and love and peace. Long-suffering, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness. Temperance, self-control. You say, I don't have any self-control. The only thing I know is you got to keep letting the Spirit wash you and keep letting the Spirit wash you. I can't control my urges. I can't control my anger. I can't. you got to keep saying, Lord, wash me because i got to produce uh, the fruit of the Spirit. And that means that I, my soul, because on the, on the surface, no, uh, there's no way. And, and he's, then he goes on, they that are Christ have, and this is the part that I don't like to do, crucified the flesh. I don't want to tell my flesh no. <laughs> I don't want to say, oh, wait a minute, boy. You know, the Spirit's trying to direct me something different. I don't want that. <laughs> and he says, you've got to crucify the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. <laughs> That's what he was telling him in Colossians, a similar thing, when he said, mortify, therefore, the members which are upon the earth. Mortify means kill. <laughs> kill them. What are you talking about? Are you supposed to kill yourself? No. But what he is saying is, I've got to constantly keep my flesh in check. Whenever I realize, oh, doing this, all of a sudden stops the flow of the Holy Ghost through me. It puts it back on my, then, ah, the Lord, I need to stop doing that. And the Holy Ghost will convict you. The Holy Ghost will talk to you. The Holy Ghost will lead and guide. That's why he says, work out your own salvation because you've got to stay sensitive to the guiding power of the Holy Ghost, you've got to stay sensitive to what God is trying to tell you because he might be wanting you to stop something that he's not worth saying to somebody else. And you've heard me use this example, and I, I hate to use my own examples, but uh, my folks know who it was, but a, a young lady in our church there came to me years ago, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, I've been here 16, so maybe 25 or 30 years ago, and said, Pastor, I need to talk to you after church. Okay, what's up? Well, I, I was praying, and I was listening to your words and the sermon and the Word of God, and I just think that uh, Diet Coke is a sin. 
Well, that hit close to home. Because I like Diet Coke. And I, I said, well, we probably need to sit down and talk about this. And I was just a little overwhelmed. And I said, well, you know, how did you get this word? And how, what is it that I said that I, I didn't preach? And, and she began to talk to me about what the Lord. And I, I was just like, oh, wow. And so she said, and in the middle of the story, she says, you know, I, I drink about a case to a case and a half a day. And I said, you know what? You've heard from the Lord. <laughs> you know that high blood pressure problem we've been praying for? The Lord has told you how to help work on that because of the sodium that's in what you're concerned. And, and she said, I don't think anybody, I don't care if anybody else drinks it, but I, I just feel like I can't drink it. Well, let me just tell you something. That was the spirit that was coming through, putting it in her mind. You know what? I don't need to do this. Now, I'm not starting a new religion that says soft drinks are a sin. But what I want you to hear me say is you've got to be sensitive to the presence and power of the Holy Ghost and be willing to let it flow through you because the Lord knows what we need and when we need it and how we need it. But that's the problem is that that sense of, you know, he said, mortify, therefore, the deeds of your members which are on the earth in which you have also walked in some time and you lived in them, put off, and then he goes through anger. Oh, I've never had anger or wrath or malice or blood, filthy communication, all those. Seeing that you've put off the old man and his deeds and then put on the new man. What new man is that? That's a new man walking in my shoes. I don't do the things I used to do. Why? Because all of a sudden the spirit and the presence of the Lord, which is renewed where? In my mind, in the knowledge, after the image of him that created him, where there's neither Jew nor Greek or circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but Christ all is all and in all. What was he saying is that, why would he say there's neither Jew nor Greek? On the flesh part of it, there are Jews and not Jews. There are Greeks and not Greeks. But in the spirit world, there is none of that. And that's why he said, the Lord is looking onto the inside and wants to see how's, how's it going in the spirit world. And that's why James could say things, and I know it's hard because I can't, you know, it feels like it's just lunacy, but, but James would write, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into temptation. What do you mean, joy? Why? Because sometimes when I get overwhelmed in my flesh, what is it supposed to do? Is it supposed to make me realize, oh, I need more of I'm not handling my life. When you all of a sudden find yourself getting angry, when you find yourself getting discouraged, find yourself getting frustrated, find yourself being tempted to say something, what is it what's supposed to signal? Time to open the door to the Spirit. I need another Holy Ghost boost. 
to flow through me. That means I'm going to have to read another chapter. I'm going to have to pray. I need to get up 30 minutes early. You don't realize what I'm going through. Why? Because I want you to know the more the enemy attacks the outside, then greater is he that is in me. Greater is the spirit that's in me. I have to keep opening the door to the spirit world. Where I get into trouble is whenever I stop rejoicing and stop worshiping and stop opening, giving vent to the Spirit and try to do it on my own willpower. And it just is like, bam, and I'm hammered and hammered and hammered and hammered. That's why Simon Peter would say, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold. Manifold. I don't know what that means in the Greek, but my guess is whole bunches. I don't know if anybody's ever had whole bunches of temptations. Why? Because it's trying your faith. And what is it doing? Oh, it's purifying the faith. Though it be tried with fire, what is it supposed to produce in me? Praise and honor and glory. When? At the appearing of Jesus Christ. How does it do that? Because when the enemy says, just like he said to Job, you know, and I'll talk about Job in a moment, you know, and therefore you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, which is what is the end of your faith? The salvation of your soul. Not the body. I'm sorry. Body's not going to be saved. Body's going to go back to dust, but the salvation of the soul, and will be transformed and be like him with a resurrected body or a glorified body. You understand? This body is not going to, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. You understand? All of that. So when you look at this, when Paul wrote in Hebrews, remember the early days after you saw the first saw the light and he these verses, sometimes we skip over them in Hebrews, the 10th chapter. You should read them in the message. You can read them in the King James Version too, but from about verse 32 to verse 39, what, what does he say? Remember those early days after you first saw the light. Those were hard times, kicked around in public, targets of every kind of abuse. Some days it was you, other days it was your friends. Sometimes even the enemy broke in and stole your stuff. What did he say you did? You let them go with a smile, knowing that they couldn't touch your real treasure. Nothing bothered you. Nothing set you back. You didn't throw it all away now. Why, why are you going to so don't throw it all away now. Stick it out. Staying with God's plan. So there you'll be for the promise. What was he telling them? He was saying, you remember, and some of you remember the night you got the Holy Ghost. They could call you. They could talk to you. They could tell, call you any name under the book. You holy roller. And you smiled. It's all right. You don't know what I got going on inside of me. Why? Because the Holy Ghost was just flowing through. And then as time goes by, I shut the door a little bit to the spirit world and I get overwhelmed 
around and Paul was reminding them, remember when you first saw the light? Some of you remember the night I first went down and baptized and remember the night that I first received the Holy Ghost. Oh, at that time I was just blissfully, uh, you know, ignorant and, uh, and we, you know, everybody would stand back and go, oh, they're zealous now, but you know, it, the devil will knock some of that out of them. I don't want the enemy to knock any of that out of us. I want us to stay full of the flow of the Spirit. It doesn't matter what I've gone through, what's going on. I know where my source is. I know it doesn't matter. I know in whom I believe and he is able to keep that which I've committed to him. I know my God is for me. He's fighting for me. He's on my side. He's a rewarder. That's why Paul, when he wrote to the Romans, would say, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. The creature itself shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation is groaning and travailing in pain together until now. And not just ourselves, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, but we groan within ourselves. Anybody ever felt that way? Waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. What are you saying? Oh, I get so tired of having a foot in both worlds. I get so tired, and yet I'm in the flesh. And what happens when the Spirit begins to moan and groan through me, and I'm opening myself up to the Spirit, I say, Oh, Lord, I can't wait till you come again. I can't wait till there's no more sorrow. Oh, Lord, I can't wait till we may. I, I can't wait till I can keep both feet over here in the spirit. All the, Anybody know what I'm talking about? Waiting for what? The redemption of the body. The adoption for we are saved by hope. Likewise, the Spirit helps our infirmities, our weaknesses in the flesh, for we don't even know how to pray. And you say, well, I don't know what to pray for. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so... Sometimes you just got to pray in tongues. Let the Holy Ghost pray through you. You don't know what to pray. I don't know what... Lord, help me not to be angry. Lord, help me not to be... Well, I just need to stop that. I don't know what to pray. But you know what? Pray through till you're praying in the Spirit. Oh, Lord, you know, stop this going in my mind. Why? Because the Spirit makes intercession according to the will of God. And we know, then he hits the verse, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to him that are called according to his purpose. And what is his purpose? That we would be conformed to the image 
of his son. When you read those verses, you realize what God is wanting for us to do is to somehow, somehow be like him. And I told you, I, I was going to, my time is up, but Job, I was going to tell you, and we all know the story of Job, but you remember Job and how he prayed and how all of his friends came and all the suffering Job had gone through. And Job was adamant about saying, I don't understand it. I don't get it. It's not fair. I shouldn't have to go through this. I want my day in court. I want to I wanna stand. If, I would, if he would let me talk to him, I'd tell him that I'm not guilty. I've not done anything wrong. God, why am I going through? this why me Lord and the Lord listened to that for 37 chapters the friends yah yahing about it finally chapter 38 God says alright Job I'm going to talk to you a minute and you read chapter 38 39 40 41 and do you know what? The Lord never tells Job that there was, the enemy was walking around heaven saying, the Lord didn't even tell Job that. In fact, the Lord didn't answer him why. The Lord just said, are you big enough to talk to me? Basically, have you done this? Have you done that? Can you make a snowflake? Can you... Job never got his answer. I don't know who wrote Job, the book of Job. We know why Job went through all of that. I don't know if Job ever found out why Job went through all of that. Maybe Job wrote it himself. I don't know later when he realized what was going on. But at the moment, God never gave Job the answer. But when God got through with three or four chapters of just saying who he was, Job said, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I thought I knew you. I, I, I thought I, I, you could do everything. There's no thought that's withholding. I, I uttered things that I, I talked about stuff I didn't know. I questioned things I didn't understand. I've heard of you in the hearing of the ear, but all of a sudden my eyes see you, and what did it make him do? Oh, God, I fall down and repent on dust and ashes. What was he basically saying? He was opening his will to the moving of the Spirit. I have now stepped in and I saw the Spirit, and so he humbled himself. That's why we sang the song, When I Come Into His Presence, I Humble Myself. I lift up holy hands and I begin to worship him. Why? Because I know and he is my source. He is my everything. He is everything. Oh, I know. I, Isaiah said in the year King Uzziah died, remember? Oh, he was overwhelmed and the Lord caught him up into the heavens and he saw the seraphims, remember? And they were, what were they saying? Holy, holy, holy. How was Isaiah responding to seeing all that holiness of God? <laughs> like I'm dead. Why? Because I know without God's help, 
and the angel. And I've had to pray, Lord, get a coal from the altar because my mouth's getting me in trouble. That's why we get the Holy Ghost and talk in tongues because it's like a hot fire shut up in my heart. Some of you have trouble controlling your mouth. You need to get a coal from the altar like Isaiah. Because what did Isaiah say? I am a man with an unclean lips, living in a people with unclean lips. And how easy is it for us all to feel that? That's why Isaiah later in his book would say, for with stammering lips and another tongue, Will he speak to his people? For well, this is the rest wherewith to cause the weary to rest. What are you saying? When my mouth starts getting away from me, when my thoughts start getting away from me, it's time for a coal from the altar. That's time to open myself up to the Spirit and say, it is well with my soul. I want my soul healed. I want, you know, I pray for your healing. I want you to prosper. One writer said, as your soul prospers. I want you to be healed and the soul. And I, I realize, you know, we, we only see the outward. And there's numerous verses that talk about we look at the outward, but God looks at the heart. How do, you, how do you stand before God with your heart? <clears throat> Most of us are willing to admit my heart is desperately wicked. It's devious as all get out. I'm just telling you. Oh, not mine. I'm, I'm pure as a driven snow. Okay, cool. Most of us realize our hearts. That's why we come into his presence and say, Lord, wash my heart. That's why I'm reading the word. What am I doing? I'm saying, open my heart up. Lord, I want you to do surgery on my heart if there's anything. That's why David would pray in Psalms 139, search me, O God. Know my thoughts, know my heart, know my emotions. They didn't even have the Holy Ghost then. And he was trying to do his best to say, I need to open myself up. So what a privilege we have. That's why in this hour, I know I, it's overwhelming. And I know, I, I wish I could say I keep both feet, you know, I'm able to. But most days I find myself drifting over here. Huh? And I got to say, wait, wait a minute, let me, let me remember this world is not my home. I'm a citizen of another country. I got to remember. I got to allow the Spirit to flow through me. Why? Because this is the hour when, you know, I don't know what will happen tomorrow. I don't know what will happen next week. I don't know what will happen. We've seen churches. We've seen the COVID. We've seen people sick and dying, cancer. I, I Overwhelming. But what I do know is in the midst of all of that, I can stand and raise my hands and say, it is well 
with my soul. I've opened myself up to the Spirit. I've allowed the presence of the Lord to flow through me. Would you stand? I know it's just us. It's here on a Sunday night. Thank you for coming. Those of you that are online, I, I want you to stand with us. I, I, I don't know what you're going through, and I don't know how overwhelmed you are. Maybe I, I was the only one that needed to talk about Lord, wash me again. Cleanse me again. I want to be fully well and healed in my soul. Why? Because this is an hour when a spirit of discouragement and a spirit of being overwhelmed and depression and divide and anger and frustration and ooh, and we feel it and we see it and you know, we're, we're, we're amazed and we go, how could people march and be angry and throw bricks and start fires and that's bad and this is bad and police and what they're and it's just this overwhelming spirits that are out there and they're trying to attack my mind my heart my emotions and you know well maybe the answer is I'll get a 38 I don't care if you have a 38 but that's not going to be the answer to my soul Huh? I got to get the presence, the sweet presence of the Holy Ghost. If you want to come, you're welcome to come. Stand here. If you've been going through, if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you want to just where you are, raise your hands for a minute while they sing. Hallelujah. When peace.